0: Welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Jennifer Akers and I'm the Associate Worship Pastor here at Rolling Hills. We're in our series, Eyes on Jesus, where we're jumping into the topics of anxiety, worry, and fear, and how we can fight those things with Jesus on our side. So today, we're getting to the heart of the matter. Why is it that we worry? How can we practically begin to look to Jesus to take care of our every need, just as God's word says in Matthew 6, 25 through 34? We're glad you've joined us as we dive into the answers to these questions in today's message.
1: Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Hills Church family, it is so good to be together today. I'm so glad you're here. If you're in our Franklin campus or if you're joining in online from wherever you are in the city, the country, the world, we have all come together to hear from the Lord today. And last week we launched this brand new series called Eyes on Jesus. And man, what an important series for all of us. So I'm so thankful for what God's teaching us already in this series. We also gave out a free book last week. If you missed that, grab that book. I love the feedback already of what God's teaching us and the way God's growing us because. We live in a world of distractions, right? It's so easy to put our eyes on all kinds of things that are going on around us. And one of the biggest challenges that we all face is, is this thing of worry, right? It takes our eyes off Jesus so quickly. And so today we wanna talk about how do we deal with worry in our lives? Because we all deal with it, right? There's the worry, there's the stress, there's the fear, and it all comes. Well, I remember about 20, probably about 20, 25 years ago, this book came out called Worst Case Scenarios. I don't know if anybody ever, See this book, you remember that? Yeah, some of y'all do, you remember this. It was a big deal. It was like 10 million copies that were sold. I mean, it became a, you know, a show on TV and it had a board game that went with it. And, and it's all these kinds of things, like the worst case that could happen and how you deal with it. So for instance, right, how to escape from quicksand. See, before I didn't really know that I needed to be prepared for that. I mean, like I didn't know like there was quicksand all around me. So I would just like live my life, right? But now, Now I know, right? When I fall into quicksand, I know how to escape. Like I knew that before, like I needed to know that, right? Or how to fight off a shark. You know, I just, I didn't know that, right? You punch them in the nose, right? Okay, well, I didn't think that. Now I know people who will not go to the beach because they're sharks, right? I I don't know if they think they're gonna come onto the beach or what, but you know, they won't even go. Like they won't even get out in the water or anything because they're real, right? And it's gonna be something you have to deal with how to fight off a raging bull. Okay, I didn't know that, but now I do. Now, every time I go to anybody's farm, I'm kind of looking around because there's gonna be a bull that's gonna come charging at me, you know. And all, what about this one? How to survive if your parachute fails to open? How about just don't jump out of the plane? How about that? You know, you're <laughs> in a perfectly good plane. Don't worry about it. Stay in the plane. I, you know, it's like, we have all these things that all of a sudden now are on our radar that we got to worry about. And that's kind of the way life is, isn't it? You know, we go, we go, man, there's so many great things happening. But, oh, what about this? What about that? What about this fear? What about this worry? What, what if, and the worst case scenario plays out in our mind. How many of us <laughs> have laid in bed and we just run the scenario you know, we just run this scenario, and then you look over the clock, it's like two in the morning. You're like, really? You know, and then you're like, I think I'm asleep, I think it's three in the morning. You know, you're like, because you're playing this out. That's the world we live in. And worry consumes so many of us on all these kinds of things. Now, over the last 18 months, man, there's been a lot to worry about, right? But it's taken a toll on us. It's taken a toll on us, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally. All these things come into our lives. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter four, he says, we are hard pressed on every side. I mean, we are. I mean, you've got financial struggles, you've got relational struggles, you've got all these struggles that are going on. But I love where Paul says, but we are not destroyed. Hey, we are perplexed, but we are not destroyed because our God is greater. And our God's going, hey, just kind of look up. Let me come along and just put my hand right under your chin and just kind of lift your vision so that you see me and you understand that I am sovereign over it all. I created this world and I created you and I love you. That's a game changer. You know, our theme verse in this series, we've been in Hebrews chapter 12 and it says, therefore, right? Therefore, since we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, to think about the men and women who've gone on before us and are up in heaven right there. You know, men and women who went through wars, who went through pandemics, who went through famines, who went through all these kinds of challenges, persecution, and, and yet they stayed faithful through it all. Oh God, let us stay faithful through it all. That's our call. That's our heartbeat. It says, hey, we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. So throw off everything that hinders worry, stress, fear, all these things that hinder and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run the race marked out for us with perseverance. You know, when you're in a race, right? You're not running along, going, "Oh, check it out!" You know, "Hey, hey, so and so's here. How you doing?" You know, right? Oh, it's McDonald's. I'm kind of hungry. You know, it's like, no, you are focused. You are focused. You are in the race of life. Where's your focus? Where's your focus? And then it comes back there in verse two of Hebrews chapter twelve. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. So today, this morning, that's my hope and my prayer for all of us, let us just fix our eyes on Jesus. Hey, if you have a Bible with you today, invite you up with me, the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter six. If you don't have a Bible with you, maybe you wanna go to the back, there's some Bibles in the back, we'd love to give you one for free. If you are online, hey, you can go there on the Rolling Hills app. But Matthew chapter six, first book, New Testament. And these are the very words of Jesus, very words of Jesus. And Jesus talks about worry. That's kind of crazy, right? You think about 2,000 years ago, you're like, oh, really, what were they worried about? They, they had a lot to worry about, okay? I mean, I mean, you're talking food, you're talking wars, you're talking the Romans. You, but he, Jesus addresses this whole thing about worry. And so Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, if you wanna pick up their red letter, it says, therefore. And anytime we see a therefore in the Bible, we say, what's it there for, right? Well, he's tying back to treasures in heaven, so that's the whole thing he's been talking about is don't store up for yourselves treasures on this earth where moth and rust destroy, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You know, in the grace and the love and investing in others and being generous and being kind. And then he says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. How often do we worry about those things, right? You know, where am I gonna go? What am I gonna wear? What are people gonna think about what I wear? But it's, not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Do you see a lot of birds kind of worried? You know, they're sitting on the back. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know where it's gonna be. You know, I'm gonna be hungry. No, they're just flying around. They're just like, okay, it's gonna happen. There's gonna be food out there. And he says, your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not, now if you underline your Bible, man, just kind of underline right here. Are you not much more valuable than they. Think about that for a moment. I mean, God created every animal, God created all the earth. And yet he says, are you not much more valuable? That God created you, you are precious to him. He loves you. In fact, can any of you, by worrying at a single hour to your life? No, but we still do it, right? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Who's Solomon? Remember Solomon? He was a king in the Old Testament. a king over Israel was the wealthiest man that ever lived. I mean, he was dressed to the nines, right? I mean, he had the greatest clothes, but not even Solomon was as dressed as as the flowers in the field. Have you ever been driving, just seeing like wildflowers out? You just look out and you're just in these rolling hills. and It's just like, Wow. I mean, it's just stunning. And God's like, yeah, look at that. Check that out. He says, if, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, here it is again. Will he not much more clothe you? I mean, if God took the time to, to develop even those little flowers, how much more you? <laughs> he breathed life into you. And then he says, oh, you have little faith. Oh, you have a little faith. What are you thinking about? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. And then here's the key verse right here in this passage, right? Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. All right, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down because this is so important for all of us. If you're taking notes here at Franklin, if you're online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app and fill in some blanks. But guys, we all deal with worry, right? We all deal with it. And, And here's some things I think that Jesus is trying to teach us today. Number one is this. In this world, we will face struggles, right? We will. We're gonna go through some hard times. We're gonna go through some challenges. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life, your life, more than food? And the body more than clothes? God's doing something in your heart. God's doing something in you, right? Look at this. We live in a broken world because of sin. A lot of times people are kind of like, well, I didn't see that coming, right? I didn't know that bad things were gonna happen, or Challenges were gonna come. But here's the deal. We live in a broken, fallen world. When God created the world, it was perfect. God created, go back to Genesis. It was perfect. God created Adam and Eve. He put them in this beautiful garden. They were in right relationship with God. They were in right relationship with one another. I mean, all the animals were tame. It was great. You'd have to fend off a charging bull. I mean, like everything was perfect, right? There were no allergies. It was awesome. And then they messed it up, right? They sinned. Adam and Eve are like, we don't wanna do it your way, God. We wanna do it our way. And we've been doing that ever since, haven't we? And we live in this world that's broken. We live in this world that's fallen, yet God's redeeming, God's restoring. One day it'll all be made new. One day it'll all be made right. But until then, we live in this broken world. And sin happens. Some people go, I don't understand why bad things happen to good people. Well, that's hard, right? But I'll say, sin, hurt people, hurt people. I mean, those things happen. The bigger question is, why do good things happen? Why are there good in this world? Because of the grace of God that you see and God's redeeming, God's restoring. But we will have struggles. We will face challenges in this world. We all have real struggles. Every one of us today walked in with a a struggle. Every one of us today, you know, everyone's fighting a battle, right? I mean, I do in my life, there's times I, I get worried about, kids or what's going to happen with this or that. And I'm like, okay, well, hold on. I, I don't need to be putting my attention there. You know, when you focus on your problems, they get bigger. <laughs> when you focus on God, he gets bigger, right? But we all have these real struggles. How do we deal with those? You could be in the center of God's will and go through struggles. A lot of times we think when there's something that's difficult in my life or a challenge in my life that oh man, God's mad at me. (laughs) I messed up, I sinned, so God's punished me. No, 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 no. All of us are gonna face some challenges in this world. All of us are gonna face some struggles. You can still be in the center of God's will and go through struggles. So instead of praying, God, get me out of this struggle immediately. We want that. That's usually our prayer. God, get me out of this. What if we learn to pray, God, what can you teach me and how can you use me in this struggle? God, what can you teach me in the middle of all that's happening in our world right now? God, what can you teach me in the middle of what's happened in my life right now? And God, how can you use me to minister to others? You see, sometimes my misery can become my ministry. Sometimes the hardships that I go through can be something that God uses in me to help others. And people can relate to me because they're like, oh, you've been through that, yeah. And I wanna tell you how God brought me through that. I wanna tell you what God's done in my life. Man, if we can start to pray, okay, God, I'm not gonna get out, everything's not gonna be perfect in this world, in this life until heaven, and it will be. But until then, God, what can you teach me and how can you use me? You know, these last 18 months have been hard for all of us, right? Especially in the United States, but, but even more around the world. I mean, as you see the things that have happened and we've been able to quarantine in houses and all, but, but you think about what's happened overseas and, and some of the places that are the poorest in the world. And I just wanna tell you guys as a church, thank you. Because in a time like this, it would be easy to pull in and just say, hey, it's all about us. But you have been so gracious and generous and looking to help. And through Justice and Mercy International, you know, we, we have been able to take care of the, of the poor and the orphaned and the forgotten in both the Amazon and in Moldova. And I want you to watch this right now. And then I want you to hear from some really special people to all of us. So check this out. Guys, this is Sarah Rodriguez and Alina Magdalouk. And a lot of you guys know them, but Sarah is our national director in the Amazon. So in the Amazon jungle in Manaus and working up and down the Amazon. And Alina is our national director in Moldova and working with about 40 indigenous staff there. And you guys, we love y'all. Thank you, you know. You have been on the front lines of of all that's been happening. And so just kind of give us an update. What's been happening over these last 18 months in the Amazon and in Moldova?
2: So good to be here. It's good to see you guys again. It's been way too long. Uh, So good morning, church, and you guys at home. Um, This year, Jeff, has been truly devastating uh, for our country of Brazil. Um, especially in the Amazon, uh, just the first four months of 2021, uh, we lost more people than the entire year of 2020 due to a new variant that um, showed to be very aggressive and very contagious. And in January of this year, um, our public and private hospitals collapsed, and quickly people uh, truly began to lose their lives at home without medical assistance. Um, Our staff, uh, personally lost parents, uh, siblings, um, long-life friends. Mm. Um, And um, on top of that, the economic scarcity in the region that is already below the line of poverty um, and with the record flood of our rivers, which um, flooded most of our state, Thousands of families went hungry, mm. and yet God called us to answer some of those um, issues. So it was a very challenging uh, season for us.:
1: mm. Yeah, Elena:
2: Buona um,
3: deazza, Pastor Jeff dezza Rolling Hills Church. <laughs> um, so good to be here, in our second home. And uh, just like Sarah said, it hit hard) mm. um, you know Moldova is already a very poor country um added the COVID and you know the pandemic and everything it was hard people were dying of COVID but also of hunger um, because the when the villages were locked people were locked in their houses with no food to eat mm-hmm. um, no finances nobody to provide for them so this was a really hard period I would say for most people in Moldova and this is when we got phone calls from the people we work with um, crying and asking for help. So mm. that was really, really hard.
1: Wow. Well, you guys tell us about what God's done in the middle of all that's happened. And I know you're gonna tell us more. Uh, they're in town, you know, we have our big JMI gala, our big evening with JMI coming up this Thursday. And, but, but tell us a little bit, just give us a, a thumbnail sketch of how God has moved and worked in these last 18 months.
2: Um, He's really good at making a way where there's no way. Mm. The things that were behind us this year were greater than we could even think of uh, ways to help. And um, he protected our staff, our um, jungle pastors, as they were serving in the front lines of the villages that we were sending out help to, and also the body of over 100 volunteers that were out there trying to get help to the people who needed um, in over 200 villages in that big old jungle of the Amazon. Um, And through JMI, we were able to provide. Provide uh, hundreds of tanks of oxygen, um, uh, equipment, uh, medical equipment for those who needed home care at the time, and medications for those who could not afford. Um, We had um, the privilege of feeding over fifteen thousand families Mm. that would not have food otherwise. And our jungle pastors, as a way of sending them a word of encouragement or um, even salvation, they delivered seven thousand Bibles in the homes in the jungle. Um, And um, our staff uh, we got to pray with so many people and so many people came to Christ during that season as they did not have another way Um, and yet Leslie um, the amount of love and care and support that we got from our JMI staff Mm. um, from you Jeff Mm. personally and from this church as we reach out to you and cried for, for you know, help, um, it really sustained us this year. So we could not have done this alone. <laughs> mm,
1: Sarah, Alina. Uh,
3: through these very difficult times, we saw God's love, his goodness, and his faithfulness. Uh, because thankful to GMI and Rolling Hills, we were able to provide food for the people who were hungry, and we continued to bring them clothing and shoes, and these things had a different value because they were so much needed we also provided medication we provided trainings counseling support we prayed with them we delivered bible so we tried to help with every aspect physical spiritual and emotional
1: mm, wow what have you guys learned what is something that god's taught you in the middle of all of this
2: When we have nothing (laughs) um, and you pray that God will send um, people to help when there's no people and he does it. We prayed for protection and he protected us. We prayed for resources as we saw the cost of that operation and my recklessly God provided, Mm. um, the ultimate lesson is that he is still the King Mm. and he is the King of the jungle. Mm. As you look at that massive forest and he's ruling over it, he knows every prayer, he hears every prayer and he sees every person and all those numbers is God Mm. connecting what they asked for with what they need. And Mm. so, um, to me it was like yes god yeah. you know we trust you you are a king yeah. you are a king
1: mm. so. wow lena
3: yes we also learned some very valuable lessons during this uh, difficult time yeah. we learned to trust and we all knew the theory of you know how we need to trust the lord but going there on the front lines with food bags and meeting people and not knowing what's going to happen was the best uh, practical lesson that we could have. So now we will learn to trust more with all our feelings, our heart, our soul. So this is one of the lessons we learned. And we also learned unity. Mm -hmm. We uh, learned unity with the Moldovan staff, GMI staff, Rolling Hills family. It's so good to be a part of the big um, Christian family of all the Christians in this world so this is this is what we learn and we keep learning
2: and
1: Wow that's awesome hey give us one thing we could pray for you one thing we could pray for each of you about
2: um, I would say this is such a time of salvation mm-hmm. as people are uh, desperate, hurt um, and hopeless in many places in the Amazon and our jungle pastors are out there trying to give them uh, a reason to start over. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is really good at new beginnings. And so pray for um, us as with our teams, our jungle pastors, and um, all the projects of 2021 that God will help us use every opportunity to connect the life giver Mm. to us you know to those who actually need it and pray for our staff as we heal um it's been very very hard um to go through grief and and still keep helping so pray for the body of staff on the ground um yeah yeah when you pray for us please pray for us to be on fire Mm -hmm. because this is
3: how we've been you know all this time and uh, um we serve with all of us. We give all of us, not just some time, some energy. We give everything. Mm. So please pray we continue going like that, even when things go to back to normal. Mm-hmm. So we want to all, give all
1: to Him. Wow. Hey, church, can we pray over them right now? Let's just, bow. Father God, thank you for Sarah, for Alina. Thank you, God, for what you're doing through them and through their staff teams in the Amazon and Moldova. And God. We pray a blessing over them, God. We pray that salvation would come, God. We pray, Father, as we give out food bags and Bibles and oxygen, Lord Jesus, that people hear about you. And people understand, God, that in this life, all these things are gonna fade away, but you are the one who lasts. And so, Father, come, be with them, God. Bring comfort, bring peace. I pray, Father, they would stay on fire, God, as they've asked us to pray, Father, just for you and for your glory. And so thank you for our friends, our sisters in Christ, Thank you, Father, for your church and all that you're doing through JMI. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. Thanks, you guys. Amen. We love y'all. Thank you. Oh, wow. It's amazing what God's doing, you know? And God's using you, church. And I just want you to know that. And there may be a time God's calling you to go on a mission trip to the Amazon or to Moldova and we get to be on the front lines. Or, Man, it's just amazing. Uh, we do have our JMI event that's coming up on Thursday, and just, if you can't be here, you can watch online, but, but God's at work, and you'll hear more about that. But even in all of our lives, there's all struggles, but how do we deal with those? All right, look at this one. Look at this one if you're still taking notes with us. Learn to see struggles as an opportunity to grow. Learn to see struggles as an opportunity to grow. You know, here's what Jesus said, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? You know, we put our minds and our hearts there, but don't get stuck in worry, don't get stuck. You, you may know some people who are professional worriers, right, I've had some people in my life, you know, who that's just, that's what they do, yeah, it's just like grandma is, she's just a worrier, you know, she is, but there's people who are getting stuck in the worry, they're getting stuck right here, right now, and you, you can't get stuck in the middle of that worry. There is a difference between concern and worry. There's times to be concerned about things, I'm a planner. I love to plan, okay? I mean, I'm just like, I like to have things laid out, right? I mean, type A, you know, I get it, right? That's just like, and and man, we plan sermon series out like two to three years out. It's amazing how God just goes, okay, eyes on Jesus at this time, right now. You know, it's like, only you, God, you know? And so there is a time to to plan, but, but at some point you have to go, you know what? Am I more worried about this? Am I trying to control this versus saying, God, you're ultimately in control. So there is a difference there. Worry is essentially practical atheism. I mean, think about that for a moment, right? Worry is essentially like, God, you can't handle this. I don't even know, God, you exist. And so I've got to take this back over. I've got to handle this myself. 90% of what we worry about never comes to fruition. Study after study has shown this. 90% 90% of what we worry about, the things that we lay awake at night, right? Worried about the parachute opening and I'm never jumping out of a plane so I don't have to worry about that. But I'm gonna worry about that or how to fight off a shark or out these, all these things that we worry about, 90% never comes to fruition. Hey, there will never be less things to worry about. So focus on what matters. You know, I remember my dad a few years ago and my dad was like, he was watching the news, he was getting older. My dad's now with Jesus and still miss him, but he went there about five years ago. And, uh, but before, you know, he was at home and, and he was watching the news all the time. And he was just like, Jeff, I'm so worried about you. I'm so worried about, you know, my grandkids. I'm so sorry they're growing up in this world and stuff. And I'm like, dad, I get it. I, I know it's hard and I know it's difficult, but let's think about what you grew up through. Okay, let's go back to Vietnam, Korea, Woodstock. Remember that? I mean, (laughs) you know, you're worried about something, right? I mean, you know, you just go down the list financial crisis, desert storm, all this stuff that you, and and we're going to face challenges, every one of us. There's not going to be a time on this earth that we go, oh man, I've got it. It's free. It's over. People can move away to the beach. You're still going to face hurricanes. I don't, you know, you can come up with whatever you want to. There's going to be challenges in this life. There's not going to be a time when there's less. So, how do we learn to live in it now? And how do we learn to grow? I was talking with a guy in our church and And uh, it it was so powerful to me because he said, he started coming about 15 years ago, him and his wife had just, you know, he were young marrieds and they were coming to the movie theater. And he said, I was so stressed all my life. I've just been stressed. He's an entrepreneur. He started a company and he said, and then last week my CPA came and said, man, these invoices haven't come through. I don't know how we're gonna make payroll. And, And he said, what I realized is I would have before blown a gasket I mean, five or 10 years ago, I would have just not been able to sleep. I would have taken it out on my wife or my kids. I would have been up in arms. And I just looked at her and I go, you know what? God's got this. God's got this. And he said, I went home and we've done everything we possibly can. And then I went home and I went to sleep. And I woke up the next day and some things had come in and I just looked up and I was going, God, thank you. He provided. And he goes, what I saw in my life at that point is that I'm growing, right? I mean, before I would have gone, crazy, but here I am. And I pray that for all of us, you know, that we start to go in my life, I look back and go, I'm maturing in this. I'm maturing in this. I'm not just living in this. I'm maturing in this. Hey, there'll never be less to worry about. So hold on to God, focus on what matters. The antidote to worry and, faith, worry and fear is faith. I mean, the antidote is faith, you know? So Jesus tells us, don't worry what shall we eat or what should we drink or what should we wear? For the pagans, People who don't believe in God run after these things. And your, notice that personal, your heavenly capitalized father knows that you need them. Your father knows that you need them. Guys, Jesus teaches us to call God father. And this was radical. The Jews in the Old Testament, they didn't call God father. I mean, God was reverent, Oh, in fact, the personal name of God, Yahweh, they don't even write the vows in Yahweh because they're afraid they're gonna mess it up and God's gonna be mad. I mean, it's like, but Jesus comes along and right here, beginning of his ministry, Matthew, Sermon on the Mount, he says, "Your heavenly father. Do you know God's father? What you believe about God is the most important thing about you. And if you believe God's up there and he's mad at you all the time, he's upset at you, it's gonna make you live in guilt and shame and fear. But if you realize, wait, there is a God who is father. There is a God who loves me. It changes how you live. Like God's for me. Praise God, Jesus says, call God father. And what does a father do? What's the job of a father? To provide and protect as well as to love and nurture. You know, I'm a dad, I'm a a father of three amazing daughters. I love them so much. I mean, there's nothing I wouldn't do for them. There's nothing. I give my life for every one of them. I just love them with all my heart. And think about this, how much more does God love you? God's gonna provide for you. God's gonna protect you. God loves you with that everlasting love. See, the very definition of the word worry is to seek your own interests. And that's what we do, we move it off of Jesus, our focus and onto our own interests. Well, God, I don't know if you know enough, I've gotta make this happen, I gotta be in control over here and over there. That's where it all creeps in for us. So don't fall prey to the when and then thinking. You know, when when, my kids go to school, everything's gonna be great. When my kids graduate, everything's gonna be great. When I get this amount of money in my 401k, everything's gonna be great, right? I have enough money to retire, everything's gonna be great. When I get to retirement age, everything's gonna be great. How about when I start following Jesus with all my heart? How about when I just hold on to Jesus? When I made Jesus the Lord of my life? Man, don't fall prey to what the rest of the world does right there. Hey, look at this. We have to learn to trust, to trust your Father in every situation. And when we start doing that, Changes how we live. Changes how we live. Focus your eyes on Jesus. Focus your eyes on Jesus. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things. What are all these other things? What am I gonna eat? What am I gonna drink? What am I gonna wear? All these other things will be given to you as well. I mean, doesn't God provide for all of us? I mean, you look at the stuff that we have just by virtue of where we live. I mean, God has taken care of us, all these other things. But us, don't focus on the other things. Focus first on Jesus. Seek first. So what's first in your life? What's first in your life? When the stock market goes down, do you start to freak out? (laughs) When you have a little struggle going on in a relationship, you start to freak out like, oh no, it's all gonna fall apart. It's all gonna go worst case scenario. Or do you go, hold on, hold on. God's got this and God's got me. He's first, he's first. As Christ followers, we should be different. We should be different. Our lives should look different than the world. We have the same struggles, but how we handle them should be different. Worry results from divided devotion. And if we realize that, we go, wait a minute, my my devotion's getting divided here, I gotta gotta watch this. And then, whenever worry enters into your life, let it trigger you to pray. Let worry from now on be a trigger. Let it come in and go, okay, I'm worried about this, but instead of me just concentrating on that and that problem getting bigger, hold on, let me pray about it first. I'll work together, we'll figure it out, You know. but, but let me pray about it first. Let me pray about it first. This past Thursday night, we had an incredible night. We had uh, called Versus, and we had this big men's event. It was awesome. It was the first one we've ever done. We had 700 men here. Some of you guys were here, and it was just incredible. I mean, 700 guys just worshiping the Lord, and, and Mike Fisher shared his testimony, and Mike did just an incredible job I'm just talking about what God's doing in his heart, in his life, and he, he mentioned this story that happened in Matthew chapter 14, and it's so powerful. And I went back and I was reading, and I was just like, "Man, this is this is really it." Because see, Jesus had just fed 5,000 people. There was this great spiritual victory. The disciples are on cloud nine. He fed 5,000. Everybody's like, "Oh, Jesus, this is awesome." And then it says that Jesus sent them in a boat on the Sea of Galilee. He said, "You guys go on ahead of me." And it says that Jesus went off by himself to pray. To pray. Now, do you ever notice that when you read the gospels, Jesus was never in a hurry? Jesus wasn't stressed out. Jesus wasn't worried. And I mean, he went through a lot, okay? Let's be honest, right? There was persecution. There was all these people yelling. I mean, he, but but there was something different how he lived and and he sent them on ahead and, and then a storm comes up. We all go through storms, don't we? And here's the disciples, his disciples, on a boat on the Sea of Galilee and a storm comes up. I've been on that Sea of Galilee and you can tell, I mean, the cliffs of Arbel are right there. The storms can come right over and just, man, all of a sudden this squall happens and, and these guys are scared and they're worried. And shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. I love that Jesus comes to them. In their fear, in their worry, Jesus comes to them. And maybe you've got fear, maybe you got worry today. Jesus is coming to you this is the power of the Spirit moving towards you right here, right now. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Maybe you don't need to hear anything else today but that. Take courage. It's Jesus. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, now can you see the wind? But when he saw the wind, what does that mean? He took his eyes off Jesus. (laughs) He took his eyes off Jesus, and he put it on the wind. He put it on circumstances. He put it on the challenges. He put it on the. He's thinking, what's going on? He took his eyes off Jesus. He saw the wind and he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Notice Peter cried out, Lord. He cried out, Lord, save me. He didn't try to swim his way out of it. He didn't try to fix it himself. He just looked up, Lord, save me immediately. I love that word, immediately. Jesus didn't just let him drown there, right? Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. You have little faith, he said, why'd you doubt? I got this at you and when they climbed into the boat the wind died down and then those who were in the boat worshipped him saying truly you are the son of God truly you are the son of God I don't know what's going on in your life today but I just want to ask you would you just look up and would you see a God who's reaching down to you a God who has his hand right there and when you call out Lord save me man he's already there He loves you that much. How much more valuable are you? I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what worry or fear has got a grip on you, but I wanna tell you, there's a God who loves you with an everlasting love. There's a God who is for you God wants the best for you today, would you just put your eyes on Him? Maybe today is a day of salvation. Maybe the day you just go, Lord, save me. I've been trying to do life on my own and I'm tired, I'm worn out. Jesus, come into my heart, forgive my sins, redeem me, restore me. Maybe today you just wanna bring those problems and lay them at His feet. God, that financial concern, God, my marriage, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my dating life. God, I just give it to you. Maybe a day you just go, God, I wanna worship, thank you. I look back over what's happened over the last 18 months and even over my life and God, you have been so gracious. Thank you. I don't even know if I've stopped to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. you. So Father God, here we are, your disciples today. We're in a storm, but you're with us. You're right there, holding us up, strengthening us, and calling us to go forward and worship. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen,
0: amen. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.